0: Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. Joining me once again is League Freak, who you can also find on Twitter at League Freak. You pumped after last night, mate?
1: I'm very pumped. It's really good to have secured the State of Origin victory again this year between the uh, evening up the series in the men's State of Origin and the women winning the State of Origin all Queensland can do is tie up the four-game series, and that means that New South Wales retains the Origin Shield. So, congratulations to everybody involved. Origin champions once again in 2019. Very, very good effort. I'm so excited.
0: Yes, the uh, boy, the men's game. After all the drama that went on, yeah. Uh, wow, what a result. Um, and let's be honest, everyone's been wiping egg off their faces, but. With with mm. a with a with a bit of glee in the process,
1: yeah. Sometimes you like to be wrong, and this is one of those times. It's uh it's good to be a New South Welshman today.
0: It certainly certainly is. Um, yeah. So uh, New South Wales got up with a uh, resounding win. Uh, thirty thirty eight points to six
1: That's in it. front of fifty nine thousand seven hundred and 21 people at Optus Stadium in Perth. The biggest crowd that has ever been in that stadium belongs to Rugby League, the greatest game of all. Yes, that's the biggest crowd in an AFL stadium. That might be the biggest crowd they've ever had to anything in Western Australia, hey?
0: Well,
1: oh, I don't know. We could probably check. I think, no, no the, fuck it. The, I'm claiming. The research and the statistician within this podcast you should probably go and check that out. <laughs> See, I'm not a statistician I'm uh, and I'm not a journalist, so I'm ready to just say, I'm claiming it biggest crowd in Western Australia. In fact, I'm going to say that is the biggest crowd ever assembled for a sporting event. anything west of probably Dubbo. yeah, West of Dubbo, yeah, let's go with that. beautiful. Congratulations. That's that's almost hard to argue with. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. See, there you go. (laughs)
0: I'm just going to check that out right now. Okay, you
1: check it out. I want to talk about how good Tommy Trebojevic was last night. Uh, Three tries, a lot of questions about him playing in the centres. And the thing that was so magnificent about his game was the first try was just all effort. He went up, beautiful try over the top of Ponga. Um, I thought that kick was a little bit too deep because it looked like Ponga was going to catch it in goal. But Tommy Turbo, which you've always got to call him Tommy Turbo, he went up high, beautiful try. And the thing was, he was always looking for work. And it's crazy because you look at him and he's not built like the sort of player that does what he would he does. He's like he's a he's not built huge. He's a thin sort of athlete, but man, he got through a lot of work last night. Three tries. That hasn't happened very often in State of Origin um, at all. And what a terrific effort! One of the weird things though was that his brother actually got the Man of the Match award. Um, and I actually, if you go to leaguefreak.com dot com today. I've got an article where it it lines up their statistics from the game side by side. And there was nothing that statistically his brother did that really stood out compared to what Tommy did. Um, but they gave Jake the man of the match award. Jake played good. He played really well. He he had a good game, but I thought three tries and and the way that he scored them, it wasn't like they just come out to him in the game. It was as much he went looking for the ball and I thought he was the man of the match pretty comfortably as well. Yeah, Tom was
0: uh he was, he was very good. I um I was a little bit concerned about how he'd handle the role at at center there, but mm-hmm. um yeah, he looked he looked right at home. I can't yeah. say the same for Whiten. So I thought Whiten played pretty well. I thought Whiten went looking for the ball. Oh, he um, went looking for the ball, but I don't think he looked as comfortable in the role as um, Tom did, which yeah. I thought was a bit odd, given that Whiten had played in the centres a bit before, probably more so than
1: ja- than uh, Tom has. Yeah, but Tom just looked right at home there. See, was... coming into game one, I wanted Jack Whiten in the centres and when i watched him last night i was like well that's that's the performance i wanted out of him in game 1 from from a center and he was in a terrible situation in game 1 coming off the bench but uh i was i was i was really so happy with both of them the way they both played it was great yeah there was um
0: there was wasn't much to be critical of in that in that performance from new south wales no. um daniel safeedi um there were question marks over whether to be able to fill the huge shoes left by Clemmer and we found out last night that he couldn't. Yeah, but It didn't really matter given that New South Wales, the rest of the pack just stood up though.
1: They were fantastic. The bench was good. Um obviously Wade Graham when he came into the game was absolutely fantastic. I gave him an eight out of ten last night. Um coming off the bench. Nathan Cleary got a, a bit of an ankle injury and he just stepped straight into that 5-8th role. Uh, James Maloney took over more of the game, game uh, playmaking duties and it just worked. And I tell you what, going into Game 3, there's a lot of talk that Cleary won't be, be healthy for Game 3, unfortunately. I could see them going in with Maloney and, and Graham in the halves. It just worked so seamlessly.
0: Yeah, look, I I don't know, I think it, it would definitely work. Mm. but I reckon they might they might lean towards given no, that Maloney had such a good game. They, don't Don't uh, Don't say his name. No, no God. I was gonna say Townsend. Oh yeah, I'd have been. Given with Townsend, Townsend, Townsend has Townsend, got a yeah. he's he's worked with Maloney before for a few years, won a premiership with him. Yeah. And both of them know uh Way
1: Graham very well. Yep. So that would be good with um you know either a route right on the left hand side there. How fascinating would it be to talk to Ben Darwin about the cohesion between how it would work with Tanzan and Maloney and Graham? If you put Graham, say you put Graham on in the back row. I wonder how that would work. I bet that's I bet it's ridiculously high for cohesion, and it's something that most people won't even be thinking of.
0: That's the thing. I think, because um, I actually think that if, if Wade Graham's form continues the way it is, he's going to be moved into the starting side. Mm. I think Sofedi will be dropped, and I think we'll end up with because I think um, J- Jake Travojevich started in the front row in in Origin two. I wouldn't be
1: surprised <laughs> if, if Vaughan replaces Sofedi in the starting lineup. I'm pretty sure I heard that Cleman might be back for Game 3 somewhere, that he, he's a, a quick healer and he might be back for Game 3. I'm pretty yeah. sure I heard that in the oh. last 48 hours.
0: If he's not, I think Vaughn back to the starting props, feedy out, and Finnegan will go back to the bench, Frizzell mm-hmm. back to Locke, and Way Graham in the back row.
1: Mm. I, yeah, can I, we I... just say, for this game, Brad Fittler coached the shit out of it. He yeah Queensland the shit
0: out of it queensland never got into it, and I think they got caught of um they got they got caught trying to be a little bit grubby and trying to play like an old school hard game of footy mm. um but by the time that they realized that they were out of the match, mm. it was way too way too far gone for them to get back into it but by playing
1: footy uh I also just, think. Queensland got stuck, and we see this every so often in origin games because everyone's so good. Um, they just, the New South Wales never let them get field position. They never let them get out of their own half. They didn't make any mistakes. They didn't give away too many. And sometimes in these origin games, you see it where that it's not like Queensland played terribly. They just never were able to get into the game. And we've seen that happen to New South Wales. There's been games where Queensland, it's just like they never let us in the game. And this was one of those matches. Um, You know, there, there wasn't really too many players in the Queensland team that you could say had a shocking game or a terrible game or anything like that. It was just they weren't allowed into the match by New South Wales. And I also have a feeling that the style of play that Queensland plays isn't really well suited to wet weather football, and I feel like it is a little bit for New South Wales. And when you get that wet weather football, where all of a sudden it's all about that middle third of the field, um, that's really where New South Wales has a really a quite an advantage, I feel, especially in their forward pack over Queensland. And I think that that hurt uh, the Queenslanders going going into that game when it started pouring rain. They really couldn't open up and really start asking questions with players like Ponga and, and uh, Michael Morgan. Players like that were kind of neutralised even Ben Hunt to a certain extent because of the rain.
0: Yeah, I think Queensland went into it with a intention of trying to rip New South Wales apart through the middle. Yeah, and they had two problems with their lineup once the rain started to fall, and that was Dylan Napper, mm-hmm. who was largely ineffective for the game. Mm-hmm. And Moses and By on the bench, who was brought in way too late, yeah. and even heavy had been brought in earlier, wasn't going to be able to do much, given that ball movement was a bit restrictive by the the Queensland play. Mm-hmm. That's that's a position they could have had another forward there for to try and help with their game plan of punching through the guts of the of the Blues team. Yeah. Um, given what given what they planned to play, and I'm sure they knew what the weather was going to be before they named the team. You know, they can usually get weather reports that are. Reasonably good for up to a uh, a few days, anyway. Mm-hmm. And you know, it is winter. It does rain a bit more in winter. Yeah, you'd, you'd think that there was a little bit uh, a, a little bit of a conflicting selection there. But in mm-hmm. saying that, New South Wales picked a team that was in that was designed to um, play a little bit wider of the ruck. So
1: yeah, but
0: well, we did see uh, during the week on Twitter that New South Wales were preparing for some uh, wet weather because they were using balls that had been dipped in soapy water.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because I think all of us took the piss out of it. Um, Yep, I did. (laughs) Yeah, I know I did. I was talking about uh, how I always get in trouble when I'm going around Rebel Sport and asking them to soak my balls up. Um, And I was
0: was laughing about the fact that, you know, I got asked, why would that be useful? And I said, well, you know, if it starts, if you start getting a bit of soapy rain, that's going to be very helpful.
1: <laughs> soapy rain. That's funny. Um, yes. <laughs> so t- t- let's talk about the Queensland performance. We've, you've mentioned uh, Dylan Napa and Moses and By. I mean, I I kind of feel sorry for him, bai, in terms of I think they're, they want him to do something that I don't think he is that sort of player. And it's just whenever you see him out there, it, it's like, I understand he's out there. I understand he's doing his best, but I don't really know what they what they're expecting him to do in those situations. I think it's an unfair selection, kind of like Whiten in the first game off the bench. It's like he's out there, he's doing his best, but what is his job really? It doesn't really make sense. Um, I it's thought the of, rain.
0: I was going to say he's kind of mm. like
1: Kalen Ponga in game one last year. Mm, yeah, yeah, but Ponga, <sighs> Ponger's a. Ponga's a big dude. Like, we think of him as a smaller dude. He's a pretty big dude. Um, I, I, You know, I look at this Queensland team in the second game. There's only really a few players that had bad games, I would say. Ponga was kind of neutralized by the weather and stuff like that. It, that. The wet weather doesn't help his game at all. But I think he tried pretty hard. Um, Morgan, you know, it kind of turned him to be ineffective. It, it, it takes away from him the wet weather and, yeah, just Queensland weren't allowed in it. It was one of those games, and you'd kind of hope that, I mean, they're going to take probably the majority of that side into game three, and if I was New South Wales, I mean, there's going to be a forced change with Nathan Cleary, it looks like, because of his injury, but I don't change a thing. I don't bring anyone in. I don't change a single thing if I can help it.
0: No, no, I wouldn't be changing um, too much in there. I'm not just. I was hoping safedi would prove me wrong, and I'm just not convinced that he did. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if um, if Clemmer comes back, then he'll he'll be a straight swap, obviously. But yep. otherwise, I'm I'm not too sure what they do there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd only be changing, you know, in account for injuries and stuff there. Queensland. They're a bit hamstrung by what's available to them, I guess, to pick. But mm-hmm. they, they've tried to put essentially um, they've got two two extra halves in the
1: lineup. You know, Morgan mm-hmm. at Morgan at centre and, and Ben Hunt at hooker. But it works when it's dry weather footy and you've got Morgan out there in the centres asking questions. Uh, it works, but when it's wet weather football and you kind of need the the sort of athlete that most centres are bigger person, somebody that's almost like a very wide running back rower, not quite as wide as Gareth Ellis, who used to run, you know, in the concession stand. But you, you want someone out there that's got some a little bit of footwork, that's a big body and stuff. And it, it, I feel as though the wet weather really hurt Michael Morgan last night.
0: Yeah, but you know, it's a winter game, so you yeah. need to be picking tease based on the weather, I guess. So I think. Yeah. I probably would have preferred to see a genuine center there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Morgan at fullback. I don't know if that's any better. He's been playing yeah, there a yeah. few times for the Cowboys, but then you've got to put Ponga somewhere. But I think Ponga would be better
1: off the bench than him by. 100%. But the thing is, as a New South Welshman, I, I think, damn, I hate it when Ponga gets the ball. It's kind oh, of, of like... When, um, when uh, what's his name, Tedesco gets the ball for New South Wales, it's like, you know, everyone is on high alert. And I like that from Pong. I was not sure what he was going to be as a player this time last year. I didn't know whether he was going to be a 5 I didn't know if he was going to be a, one of those, like a Craig Wing type, where it's like his role is so good off the bench. I, now I feel like he's definitely a fullback. 100% a fullback now. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with him at fullback. And Morgan, yeah, I'm happy with him in the centres. I, I really do. Mm. I, I wonder what the weather's going to be. in. If it's going to be piss and rain in Sydney, I, I, I could see making a change with Morgan, maybe even bringing him off the bench instead of buy and taking by out the side completely. But then who would you name in the centres for Queensland?
0: Well, that's the thing. They they need to have someone there.
1: You know the um, other thing you could do? You could put, and this is a bit of a weird one, but you could put Morgan in at 5'8", the Munster in at, at centre. I'd be more comfortable with that. Munster, I think, could handle pretty much anything you asked him to do. I rate him so highly. Um, and I think he'd do the job for you in the centres.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking at a uh, a a very flimsy weather forecasting program, Mm. and and it's saying that it's going to be 16 degrees and sunny on July 10 for the next Origin game
1: in Sydney. Okay, a low of 10. Okay. Well, the interesting the interesting thing is that that is only seven degrees cooler than Great Britain needed when they played the Burley Bears and they had to play in quarters. Ah <laughs> oh, jeez palms that's that's a lovely a lovely summer's day over there, yeah, it really is <laughs> get out into the nature strip so look
0: Mate. the the some of the talk does need to come around about the New South Wales team because yeah, they did bring someone into the line into the squad for this mm-hmm. game mm. Mm-hmm and you don't bring him in if you're not going to give him a run. So who goes out for Gutherson to come in?
1: (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Oh, I was like so intrigued for a second there. (laughs) Far out. Yeah, when they brought Gutherson in, I was like, all my nightmares are coming true. How would they do that? Surely there's local plays in West Australia they could have called up. You know? Well, the concern I've got is that Cleary got injured. Yeah. Mm. Imagine if they brought Gutherson in at five eight, and he he turns and that, like we were talking about in the podcast the other week, Gutherson comes in at 5'8", and it turns out at state of origin level he's fucking Wally Lewis. <laughs> Imagine that. And in like fifteen years from now, we're doing. The fourth special for a state of origin thing, and we're talking about how Gutherson <laughs> has a st- has a statue outside of the new stadium yeah. in Sydney. <laughs> Dude, the fourth edition will be the Gutherson era. Yeah, the Gutherson era that would be so funny, and I would like, please God, please let that happen. I would love that. Yeah, the Gutherson era. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That would yeah, he could have that that. Uh, Long-awaited Haas pairing with Moses in the blue jumper. Yeah, that would be brilliant. So, what did you know? What was crazy about last night? We had almost a full house for a state of origin match between New South Wales and Queensland in bloody Perth. How? What a time to be alive! That is insane. Yeah. So, That's... I
0: have one question today: Is should origin be taken
1: overseas,
0: and if so, where? And obviously, the first one that comes up is Wembley. Wembley, yeah.
1: Uh, I think Auckland, obviously, as well. Um, I feel as though they would. New Zealand would go absolutely origin crazy if we play, played a game over there. Um, obviously, it has a bit of an issue in terms of kick-off times and things like that. Uh, uh, my
0: only concern about that is do they have a stadium that could hold sixty or 70,000?
1: Well, I, feel, I mean, I'm pretty sure Eden Park's their biggest stadium and i I think Eden Park is shit, hey, I don't like Eden Park.
0: My daughter's just coming to give her opinion,
1: okay. Ask her what she thinks of Eden Park. Do you like Eden Park?
0: I'm trying to tell you, but I just wanted the Cam crater okay. The Cammut crater is the only one you have to get a pick of pattern. okay, we'll get you that for Christmas. Nothing to do with Eden Park. And what about the twisty bracelets with pets on it? Okay. Do you like Eden Park? Yeah, but I want... Yeah? Okay. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love the... <laughs> I the twisty bracelet
1: yeah, yeah, but- for Christmas.
0: Okay, no worries. That's hilarious. <laughs>
1: and she's annoying. out the door. Stunning. Children, children are drunk, l- drunk little people.
0: Yeah. She's telling me what she wants for
1: Christmas. As you do. You just randomly just tell, just letting you know. Yeah, I saw a, <laughs> I saw an ad on TV. Yeah, exactly. That's brilliant. <laughs> okay, what were we talking? About? Oh yes, Spain, well, well that's Orange. me replaced. Yeah, well, that just replaces both. You know what? She sounded like uh, the sort of New South Wales selectors that want Mitchell Pearce in the side. Uh, just like, what are you talking about right now?
0: Oh, there's a there's a funny story about my daughter and Mitchell Moses.
1: Mitchell um, Moses? I'm
0: talking about Mitchell Pearce I'm pretty sure you said Mitchell Moses. Oh, did I did, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, I'll digress and go on anyway. You yep, said Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, Mitchell, it's close <laughs> enough. She, she had this thing when she was about 18 months to 24 months old where every time she saw someone crying, she'd always say, don't worry, baby, we'll get you some milk. Yeah. And one day she was watching, I was had the game of footy on, and she saw Mitchell Moses there And I think they must have just lost a, another game It might have been about one point or so yeah. And Mitchell pierces on the ground with his head in his hands She goes, don't worry baby, we'll get you some milk
1: <laughs> Yes, Mitchell oh, needs milk He does, yeah That's very sweet um,
0: But so also he... trolling at the same time
1: Yeah, exactly It's like still cutting on a certain Lo- level yeah.
0: Lovely innocent
1: trolling from a <laughs> So have you got anything else to say about this second game that stood out for you? Um, I wrote an article on the Raw today about
0: the penalty try that was awarded to Will Chambers.
1: Oh, yeah. Um,
0: I had I played, no problems I was, with it. Yeah, look, I was playing a little bit of devil's advocate in the article because mm. I wasn't really that concerned about it. But the article was pretty much saying that it shouldn't have been awarded because mm. as much as he'd been knocked offline, mm-hmm. and yes, that did, that did limit him from getting to the ball on time. Even when he did get to the ball, he still knocked it on. And to me, that says, how do you know that that would have happened if he had got to the ball on time as well? And I think there were too, too many variables involved. Like that ball could have bounced any old way. He could have knocked it on. You can't Mm. be, you can't be even 50% certain he's going to score that try yet. They still awarded it. And I just think that we've got too many penalty tries being awarded at the moment that it's almost, it's almost like, a reward for getting close enough, kind of like a behind in AFL. Mm-hmm.
1: That's, and that's a very good analogy, actually. Close enough, and you get a point. Um, see, I, I like the extra penalty tries that we've got happening in the game. I think that for too long, they weren't being awarded. I like that the referees are like, nah, that's a penalty try. I thought the one last night was fair enough as well. But I would say that the one last night was at the very edge of, should this be a penalty try or not? I think anything... Oh, anything further from could he have scored in terms of the question like, oh, I don't know. I think anything more than that is not a penalty try, but I do. I think that last night he would have got there pretty comfortably had the player not interfered with him. And the, the thing for me was that he was knocked so far off of his natural running line in that instance that I think he would have got there very, very comfortably, and I, I had no problems with the penalty try last night. I got to say.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just put it up there for discussion because the thing about yeah. it was, is I would have argued that um, a penalty and having White and Bin for ten minutes
1: mm-hmm.
0: is probably more advantageous to Queensland than getting a penalty try because four <laughs> really? minutes later, four minutes later, New South Wales scored, so it, it completely nullified the the penalty try
1: anyway. See, I would always say whenever points are put on the board I just think that that's such a massive penalty well like, yeah, that's a, and that that's a fair argument too yeah.
0: I just think that um you know getting 10 minutes of opportunity to score points against a side that's down one man yeah you you could actually you you could score more than one try in that period and and limit your team to none true
1: so it's yeah there's arguments either way on it as the my dog has. I, I just got to say, my dog has sat down right near the microphone and is licking his foot, and it's like an afternoon over at Corey Norman's house. The sound he's making, it's just can. Can you stop, please? He's not listening to me. So if you hear a weird noise in the background, that's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, Andrew.
0: Andrew. <laughs> no, I was going to say uh, it was either your dog. As a thinly veiled excuse to cover up for it's probably cinnamon there.
1: <laughs> cinnamon, <laughs> God bless cinnamon. Anybody, <laughs> if, if you're listening to this, you got to listen to our live show last night because I was constantly every about two and a half minutes saying things where you could hear Andrew just go quiet and just be like, oh man,
0: <laughs> what is this? <laughs>
1: yeah, oh, I was <laughs> dropping bombs
0: last night. It was a good one. Yeah, I was. I was just. I was just hanging on for the ride. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> so um, shout outs. I want to yep. give a shout out to the starting block. I love the starting block. Drop I the K at the pol- end. Drop the K at the end. Go on Twitter. Drop the K at the end. Um, gave my apology last night to the starting block. I want to give a big shout out to Mystic. Mystic is one of my favorite people ever. Um, great at bringing together a group of people to kill a bunch of aliens. Mystic is great and. uh I hope you're having an awesome day today. I hope it's going great for me stick. Um, And yeah, the only other thing I would say is jump on leaguefreak.com. Uh, I've put up the State of Origin player ratings, which is always a big talking point. Talked a little bit about Israel, Full GoFundMe, going, going. And then, uh, yeah, there'll be some good content going up over the next few days. And uh, so, yeah, have you got any shout outs and, and promotions and stuff to do? Oh, not really promotional. We've got we've got uh, rugby league project um,
0: merchandise over at Mare Inc. Mm. So get on over there. There's uh, yeah, hit me up on on Twitter if you want a link to that. But yeah, go to the Mare Inc. Um, website there. You can see all the merch there, t-shirts and stuff. Grab yourself mm. something there. Uh, the check us out on the Patreon. Yeah, um, ww oh, Sorry, Patreon. com slash rl project. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all that money helps us to keep adding in information much like the uh, the six international games that have been played this year have
1: all been put into the database today. So you can get in and check those out. And it's my understanding that the information of those six games can be found nowhere else in the yep. entire world except on rugbyleagueproject.org
0: Correct. Not even the RLIF, the international body for rugby league, has these games in their database yet. I don't know why, but there you go.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Um, it's the place to go. So if anyone from the RLF is listening and they want to get that stuff updated, you know, call
1: me. Yeah. You'd be be such a valuable asset to the RLIF. Um, And not only the RLIF, the NRL museum. They should just, they should pay you whatever you want. I'm just saying that out. Like, I haven't got a dog in this fight, but (laughs) they should just say to you, Andrew Ferguson, Here is the pay packet. Here is where we will give you a house to live in. This is just, they should just roll out the red carpet because you would turn that place into exactly what rugby league needs. So anybody listening from the NRL, get in touch with Andrew and make him an offer he just cannot refuse.
0: They could just relocate the museum down here. But yeah. other people other people, people may not get to see it, but I'll I'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be right cool. at home in it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, look if you've got any um any questions, um, ideas for future episodes, I've already had one Kraken idea that was sent nice. to us recently, which yeah. we'll be doing an episode on shortly. Um, send them into uh podcast at uh dot com email address. Um yeah, send us anything you like on there. We'll we'll check that out. Uh, yep. Or you can hit us up on our Twitter, uh, at Virgo Freak Pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, also good to follow that account because we, we do do live shows. And yeah. so when we've got one going,
1: you'll get a notification that we're live uh, in your Twitter feed. And you'll be able to go check us out on there. Yeah, and that's the way to uh, – and the live shows, they're a lot of fun. They're very, very loose and we have so much fun doing them. So we're doing another live show in the hour lead up to Origin 3 as well. So you really should follow that Virgo Freak Pod um, account on Twitter because it just automatically comes up and you don't have to download anything. You just press play and you've got the live stream straight away through your Twitter account. Um, It doesn't take you to a different app or anything. It's just straight on your Twitter. So that's what you need to do. Um, and so just get following
0: that, and just to allay any fears, you will not see either of our heads on there, so you can actually eat dinner while listening to it. Exactly. Although speaking I am, of- I am, I'm speaking for myself there. I mean, you are a gorgeous human, so you know maybe people are missing out a bit there. <laughs>
1: okay, oh, thank you. <laughs> speaking of eating, Twitter, just want to give a shout out, to Cinnamon. Yes.
0: How are you, Cinnamon?
1: <laughs> God bless, Cinnamon. Yeah, I, I I don't like her much, but, you know,
0: we discussed this last night. Yeah,
1: this is a big talking point. Still is. Yes,
0: we might have a poll. We'll she do a did. poll on, on cinnamon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this is not getting any better. Sorry, this isn't the live show. I'm sorry.
0: <clears throat> right, so, yes, uh, let's have a quick look at Origin 3 then before we round up. Do you think we're going to win the series, New South Wales?
1: Yes. Yes, I do. I think they've got the momentum. I think they've settled their side a little more. I think they play they just have a better record at ANZ Stadium overall and I'm confident. I'm really confident and that scares me. It scares me, Andrew.
0: <laughs> I I think they will too. But yep. Yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be a I don't think it's going to be a, a big score line like this one. I think it's going to be tight. Yeah. Um, I do have a question though. It's a very interesting little poser. Mhm. Do we stick with the team that got us the job done in the last game, much like mm-hmm. what we did with game one? Mm-hmm. Or do we make seven changes, much like we did for game two, knowing that that gave us a win?
1: <laughs> Just change it all again. Yeah. I, you know what? Part of me thinks you go with what, what works and you stick with the winning team, eh? But they did that for,
0: for game one. You know, they stuck with That's mostly true. who was in there for, from, round, from game three last year and it didn't work. And then they made changes and it did work. So do we make changes because it worked or do we stick with the team that did work?
1: <laughs> you know, there's, there's only one person on planet Earth that can answer this question sufficiently for us. And his name is Ben Darwin. And let's get him on.
0: Yes. I was worried then you were going to say Paul Kent. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Never, ever. Not another Ask Kenty question? No. All right. All righty. Well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see if we can get Ben on sometime soon to discuss that very mm-hmm. issue.
1: Um. yeah anything else you need to get in there mate no just uh, Mystic you're the best and I love everybody that listens to this podcast all likewise. of you likewise so uh, we will see you all later bye bye